Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's another edition. It's the last edition of the week of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu coming to you on a Kahala Friday. That's right. It is Kahala Friday around these parts. Upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. I'm being joined per usual here on a Friday uh, by my special guest co-host for the day. Uh, he is Brian McInnes of Spectrum. Spectrum News. You can catch his stuff uh, either on the website or via the app. BMAC, what's happening? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm just trying to keep my head above water this week because uh, it is a crazy one. There's a lot going on. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you have not only a loaded week in Manoa uh, between the two-match series, University of Hawaii men's volleyball and Stanford, uh, but you have a homestand here for the Rainbow Warrior basketball team. Oh, yeah, and then there's the uh, girls' state basketball tournament going on. There's all kinds of stuff. Uh, Rainbow Wahine softball getting the season started. So uh, how exactly are you going about this? Yeah, boys' soccer out at YPO as well. The uh, semis are tonight, uh, 5 p.m., Punahou Mililani, pretty high-powered matchup there. Uh, but And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get out there right after this. Uh, I don't know, man. It's involved a lot of splitting my time at various venues. Uh, not totally ideal, but uh, hey, you know, d- just trying to get as broad a uh, palette as I can to, uh, you know, try to get some readers out there. Yeah, well, uh, that's what they pay you the big bucks over there at Spectrum News for. Uh, and you have to deal with natural phenomena <laughs> right. uh, like an earthquake earlier this morning. Now, I uh, must uh, be honest, full disclosure, I was driving and didn't feel a thing. And then all of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up uh, with all of these text messages. Uh, and so, uh, BMAC, you, though, had a different experience with it. Like, you felt the thing. Yeah, my uh, family house in Kailua was uh, shaken, like, it really felt like it was kind of swaying back and forth a little bit and probably had to have been the biggest quake that in the moment, like, whoa, this is an earthquake and this is uh, definitely not usual. So, um, you know, immediately took to Twitter and uh, put that out there and just to see what other people felt. And yeah, it was everyone felt it all over the island, probably all over the chain. Yeah, this thing was actually kind of close, right? 5.7 quake and it was it struck at 10.06 a.m. centered about 2.8 miles northwest of Pahala. Uh, And so this wasn't that far off. This this thing was uh, was was in the vicinity, let's say. And yet, uh, my coworker posted on our our messaging, uh, <laughs> you know, communal app that her son is actually camping uh, on the Big Island, you know, right by the volcano, or one of the volcanoes, and uh, did not feel a thing. So. Go figure. Okay, and that's probably good because imagine being uh, one of the people that are camping like on the slopes of a volcano and then you start feeling the tremors. It's like, is this thing about to uh, just like totally explode on us here? Is it, are, are, are we here for an eruption? <laughs> are we going to get uh, covered under a, a river of hot lava? No, I don't know. Um, but anyway, that, that would be pretty uh, discerning for sure. But uh, glad it seems at least some of the early indication uh, that everybody is okay here. And no, and no tsunami. tsunami warning as well is, uh, is always the uh, key piece of information. 
information. Uh, no tsunami expected here at this point. 808-296-1420, the number to call. You can text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Well, the Rainbow Warrior basketball team shook things up a little bit last <laughs> night. How about nice. that segue? Wow. Wow. Uh, that's um, a professional segue right there. Uh, yeah, Hawaii coming out uh, with a victory over one of the top teams in the Big West Conference standings, UC San Diego. And man, this thing was lined up to where, you know, we're here in the studio. We're talking Rainbow Warrior basketball throughout the week. Uh, anytime you sort of mention it, it seems to create a bit of a firestorm with some of the textures coming mm. in. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of, of negative comments and a lot of criticism about the direction and, and current status of the program. There has. Uh, and so you have some of that negativity, right? The the crowds and the attendance numbers have waned a little bit. Uh, and we go into the arena last night, and that was not a particularly large crowd. It was a Thursday night, a school night for sure. But what were we talking about? I think the final um, uh, turnstile was 24. It was under 2,500, though. And so you had all of that sort of in the backdrop, right? Iran Ganat's been out sick the last few days. A word was going around like Iran might not be here. John Montgomery might have to be the acting head coach tonight because Iran might feel too ill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you already have the Morsec uh, injury, right? He's just now post-surgery, so he's walking around in a Frank Fossey shirt, interestingly enough, yeah. but also uh, on one very large crutch. Um, and then you got word when we got to the arena that Jovan McClanahan had his arm in a sling due to mm-hmm. a shoulder injury, suffered earlier this week and so it just seemed like there was so much going on in the Hawaii side of things uh, amid some of the struggles that they have experienced here uh, after starting seven and one uh, they were going into that game last night uh, having won uh, having gone five and ten mm-hmm. in their games since that seven and one start uh, and so there was just all of this stuff going on and it's like wow this is set up uh, to possibly be uh, pretty disastrous mm-hmm. here for this team and then, uh, you know, you had an injury on the side of UCSD as well. Emmanuel Chimanga, their uh, seven-footer, uh, unavailable due to uh, what appeared to be concussion uh, symptoms suffered in practice the previous day. Uh, but you go into this game and it's like, this this, this isn't set up so well. Uh, and then UCSD goes on an early run. They take an early nine-point lead in that game. And it's like the, the vibe in that arena was so almost surreal, like almost something I've never experienced before where, uh, and I mentioned it on the broadcast just because it was so palpable it was hard to avoid it's like um there was an eerie silence in there even during some of the timeouts when usually you got some of the marketing uh campaigns going on and promotions and it just it was like extra quiet even with the band and the dancers it was like you could hear the rustling of the pom-poms when the cheerleaders were out on the court and it's like well this is this is strange and then Cody Williams happened, <laughs> and we are actually going to talk with Cody Williams uh, here in the next segment, but I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts. Like, at that point, uh, based on sort of the scene that we're painting here for the people that weren't there in the arena, mm-hmm. uh, what was going through your mind there, BMAC? Yeah, even, um, you know, Cody Williams scored 10 of his points in the first half as his new career high, and... Uh, you know, I, I was coming from girls basketball state tournament, so I, I missed that initial portion when UH trailed by nine. Uh, but I was there for the second half, and there was even some of that in the second half because it, it ended up being, you, you know, UH had a lead. UC San Diego battled back. They went up down the stretch and required some UH heroics with that Juan Munoz yeah. shot to, to beat the buzzer from the corner. wasn't quite a buzzer, buzzer beater, excuse me, but it, he, they did absolutely need it on their last possession of regulation. Anyway... The, that vibe that you described was still there because there were a couple dead balls where, like you said, there was no 
you know, music playing necessarily. There was the, the band wasn't in action in that moment. And like, it felt like a couple of people in the arena were able to have conversations with each other by shouting across. That's how just silent it was at times. And there was, it was very eerie, uh, like a, at times like a, a funeral type aspect of everyone kind of just sitting on their hands and, you know, respectfully silent, weirdly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you have to give it up for this team because they were up against a lot of adversity here. Uh, there was a lot of noise, uh, not necessarily in the arena last night for a lot of that game, but a lot of noise, uh, proverbially speaking, around the program, right, with some of the murmurings and whispers that have been kind of being transmitted because of some of the struggles. Uh, and yet this team was able to find a way against a team that has been playing really good basketball. Hawaii had six players in double figures, but but it was Cody Williams who you'd have to uh, give credit to for setting the tone when things were just sort of feeling like they were teetering on disaster and that game could have turned into an ugly one pretty early. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, he's driving the lane. He's finishing at the rim. He goes for, as you said, a career high in the first half alone. Uh, he was protecting the basketball, which was a huge thing. He didn't have any turnovers playing in a career high amount of minutes, 24 minutes in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished with uh, a career-high 13 points, uh, hit a couple of threes, and so that just changed the tone. Uh, and then everyone else sort of followed suit. Justin McCoy went big, 22. That tied his uh, career-high as a Rainbow Warrior. That went along with nine rebounds. Bernardo Da Silva was two rebounds away from a double-double. And I thought Noel Coleman, uh, for as much uh, of uh, the attention that went to Cody Williams, justifiably so, and even uh, Justin McCoy, who was our Spectrum Sports uh, player of the game, I think Noel Coleman uh, deserves uh, quite a bit of credit because he was going up against Bryce Pope, the third leading scorer in the Big West Conference, uh, and he kind of locked him up, man. If it wasn't for that overtime period, Bryce Pope would have had a season low for point total. He only had six points, I believe, at the end of regulation, and Noel Coleman made it really, really tough on him. He ended up going 5 of 16, 0 for 6 from outside the three-point line, and uh, that was sort of the story on UCSD. They love to take a lot of threes. They certainly make a lot of threes. And Hawaii, which went into that game with a reputation of making it difficult for their opponents to even attempt threes, mm-hmm. uh, they lived up to that. And uh, UCSD was just 4 of 18 from out there. So uh, I think we saw some of the mixture of what has made this Hawaii team more or less effective over the Oranganat years is they were able to play good perimeter defense. Uh, Noel Coleman, their probably best on-ball defender, uh, was able to basically just follow and, and, and blanket Bryce Pope for a good portion of that game. And then we were able to see a little more ball sharing and a little bit more of a bi-community offensive effort. And like you said, hey, look, they still needed the heroic shot of Juan Munoz, right? And that was one where he's taking the shot over, I believe it was Wakoria who was running out at him, one of the bigs yes. uh, for UCSD. Uh, and so that was not an easy shot. He had to kind of give a little step back move to free himself up. Uh, and so he misses that. They probably lose that game. And, you know, we're talking about something completely different, but that's mm-hmm. how small the margins are here uh, when you talk about uh, Big West basketball. When you just talk about college sports in general uh, but he makes it they needed that they needed a little good fortune they got some good shooting once again for ryan rapp who's like busting out right now three straight games of double figure scoring uh, and then the cody williams game as well so uh, i guess it, it goes back to uh, first off I, I don't think it can be 
uh, understated how important this win was for them. Just from the mathematics of it. They take down one of the top teams in the Big West Conference, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You have now, based on the arithmetic of their remaining schedule, a lot of games that you would probably say, all right, Hawaii has a pretty good chance here to come out victorious against this team, this team, this team. Uh, They close with CSUN and Bakersfield at home, I believe, uh, in the regular season. And so uh, just in terms of setting themselves up to be able to A, qualify for the Big West tournament, and B, maybe even put a little run together to try to get up into that top four. Uh, If they can sneak into that, they get one of those uh, uh, buys. Uh, The top two seeds get the uh, two uh, buys, the back-to-back buys, to start the Big West tournament. Uh, But that just changes the math a little bit and makes some of that uh, a lot more possible. Uh, So how would you characterize the nature of that victory last night? Uh, Huge. Um, And, hey, I'm looking at the standings right now, and Long Beach State is in that number four spot that is kind of right inside that threshold of getting one of those single buys. And they're only six and five. UH is basically a game and a half, granted two in the loss column, back from that spot. So, yeah, I mean, if if you had told me at the start of last week when they were heading to Cal State Fullerton, um, if they could be over their next four games, which would be uh, it was at Fullerton and, and then at Irvine and then this week's games of last night against UC San Diego and then Davis coming in. Uh, three of those four teams, all except Fullerton, are contending for that regular season title. And UH currently is 2-1 mm-hmm. in that four-game stretch with a chance to, amazingly, if they can beat Davis uh, tomorrow night, be 3-1 and one over that stretch. I mean, that would be enormous. So um, that period, this two-week period, was looking to me like a potential knockout kind yeah. of situation yeah. if, if things did not go the Rainbow Warriors way. And and hey, credit to them, man, for hanging in there. As you said, the margin's so thin if, if uh, Juan Munoz doesn't get a clean look there with that step back. And it was a much better look on replay than I thought he got because he did a great job creating some space for himself. It was kind of a busted play situation where they mm-hmm. just kicked it to him in the corner with uh, you know, the shot clock running down. So, um, hey, tip your cap. I mean, that's you know, make or miss situation. And, and a proven great shooter made it in that situation. Yeah. So. Um, and like you said, Ryan Rapp came up huge, a couple of triples in overtime. I mean, he's like high-fiving the, the front row fans, you know, running back down court. Uh, I would not have predicted that on like my preseason bingo card of him emerging as a hero in a critical game. Uh, and he would probably tell you the same thing just based on where he started the season at. Uh, he was pretty candid in his post-game press conference. And Cody Williams, man, I mean, with Jovan out, that was unreal. Um, and Juan Munoz did not actually, I don't think, score until – kind of late in the second half or at least uh, an advanced portion of the game. So to get something from that point guard spot and it being Cody Williams, uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, no, really, really good stuff. Um, we did get a texter that says, uh, Aranganat should recruit from UH. And I think he's talking about Aniwaniwa Tate Jones, who was uh, spending uh, three years previously at a Hawaii Hilo. And man, that guy was so impressive in that game last night. He's had a heck of a season. 24 points, six rebounds. He was six of eight from the field. He went to the free throw line 17 times. Yeah. Missed five of them, though. Um, but, you know, I mean, he, he definitely put his team in position to win that game. And that's been the bugaboo for Hawaii right down the stretch high leverage execution and at least last night 
Again, it took a wondrous shot from Juan Munoz in the clutch. Uh, but last night, when they were trailing by, I think, five uh, in the last couple of minutes, uh, it could have gone the other way, and Hawaii was able to find a way. And I think that uh, speaks volumes a little bit about the heart of this team. They showed some guts. They showed some grit. Uh, and I don't think Ryan Rapp or Cody Williams were necessarily that high up on the scout mm-hmm. uh, as Eric Olin and uh, and the Tritons were getting prepared here for this game. But uh, they will most certainly be talked about here uh, going Going forward, especially uh, for that game tomorrow against Davis. Try Domino's Mix and Match Special. Download the Domino's app. Get any combo of items for just $8.99 each. Choose from pizzas, pastas, boneless chicken bites, and more. Find the Mix and Match deals under the coupon section on the app. Domino's Hawaii, they deliver aloha. We'll talk with Cody Williams when we come back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. BMAC, Brian McInnes of Spectrum News, is my guest co-host for the day. Uh, and now we have a guest via the phone line who's joining us. Uh, and that game last night for the Rainbow Warrior basketball team could possibly be remembered as the Cody Williams game. Uh, he certainly sparked this squad, especially in that first half. Uh, went for a career high in scoring in the first half alone. Ended with 13 points. And one of the uh, key statistics, in my opinion... Uh, a career best 24 minutes played and he had zero turnovers so to talk more about it we bring on the man himself cody williams joins us via the phone line cody how's it going man how we doing it's great to be here hey thanks for making the time um tell us uh, just what the thinking was for this team going into that game you know all of of what was happening with the squad and and losing some games that i'm sure you guys uh, felt like you could have won and you know maybe the the positioning in the big west standings not being what this team envisioned and then you add to that Injury to Morsec, injury last night to Jovan McClanahan. Your coach is iffy because he's feeling under the weather. Going into this game, what was going on with you guys in the locker room? Yeah, I think, you know, even now that um, with EG was sick, you know, Noel was kind of under the weather. Obviously, you said more and Jovan were out. But um, this group has always been tight-knitted, so I didn't lose any faith. One sec, you know, the locker room's always fun. We're always smiling. It's always good vibes. But I think even more so that, um, Javon was out, coach was out, you know, and it was under the weather that we came together even more. And, you know, Javon is one hell of a leader, you know, on and off the court, regardless if he's playing or not. So he, you know, instilled the confidence in us that, you know, these guys are not on our level and we can – we, we can show what Hawaii basketball really is, and I think we did that um, last night. Yeah, uh, what Noel Coleman did defensively, particularly against Bryce Pope. Bryce Pope, who played all 45 minutes of that overtime game, uh, Coleman played all but three minutes, uh, and for him to be able to shut down, in essence, uh, one of the top scorers in the league uh, was amazing. But I think this was a team that found itself sort of on the precipice of disaster in that game in the first half. Uh, UCSD has built had built a nine-point lead, seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of energy in the building and in came you Cody Williams uh, and it seemed like you were able to provide a spark what was your intention when you entered the game uh, thinking how you wanted to sort of attack things you know um, coming into the game I kind of just you know I wanted to you know play loose be a spark plug and you know like the biggest thing that I always say is like I, I want to have fun I want to see the guys smile and I want to see us you know laughing coming out of the timeout huddles out of the media timeout so I think me just coming in and, you know, obviously being a spark plug on defense, you know, I, I kind of did that last year. But, you know, this year kind of expecting more out of a leadership role um, as being played a point guard that Javon is out. And I think I just wanted to come and show everybody, like, it's not it's not as serious as it's meant to be, you know. Just play loose, play fun, and then everything's going to fall into place. 
Yeah, uh, Cody, you know, good game last night. It's uh, Brian McInnes. Um, I'm looking at your bio right now from last season, and uh, it's interesting, man. Um, it, it notes that you played your best game, we're talking last season, yeah. in a home win over UC San Diego, yep. and you helped the, the Bows rally to win that game. Uh, what it is? What is it about the Tritons that just whether fate had it or you, you see something specific against them that you've uh, found success? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's maybe it makes a little bit of uh, both, you know, fate. And, you know, they, they they play really similar to us, so it's kind of, um, we're kind of playing against their own defense. You know, they, they have the same rules as us, the same, you know, um, kind of defensive schematic that we have set up. But I think just attacking them and um, really asserting the dominance of we're going to get to the lane and you're not going to stop us, um, I think that was a big key. Um, that we honed in on before the game, and that's when I—that's the one I kind of wanted to start with—is just being aggressive in uh, the zone one area. So, Cody, we we got pretty accustomed to seeing you, you know, as a pretty regular rotation guy last year, especially in Big West play. You played in 15 of the last 18 games. This season, it's been I think a little more seldom that you know we've actually got to watch you on the court. I think you you dealt with an injury situation earlier on this year, right? And um, how did you just go about your business over that stretch and um, bide your time? You know, I mean, just pushing, you know, Juan and Noel and Javon in practice, you know, obviously things get chipped because we were um, very good competitors against each other. But I think just, you know, playing behind them, um, especially Javon, you know, and Juan and Noel with so much experience, you know, just kind of soaking it up during practice and see kind of the ins and outs of what they do. Um, I just couldn't be more grateful for the position that they put me in, you know, through um, practices and stuff like that to set me up for success like um, what happened last night. We're talking with Cody Williams, sophomore guard for the Rainbow Warrior basketball team, a key piece uh, to that victory uh, against a really good UC San Diego team last night. Uh, the other statistics that stood out to me, uh, looking back on it, you were two for three from outside the three-point line. You had only attempted one three-pointer previously this season. Uh, and so that just, uh, to me, goes to show uh, that you were out there intent on whether they were going to give you an open look on the perimeter or whether they were going to uh, give you a chance to find a seam in the defense. Uh, you were looking to score last night. That that had to be part of of what your um, methodology was when you checked into the game. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, you know, especially over the summer, um, I worked a lot on my jump shot. You know, that's one of the things I needed to work on to you know kind of put me on the floor and put me in a situation you know to be the best that I can be. But um, honestly, like I said earlier, it's just about flowing and having fun and just if I see you open shot, I'm going to take it. You know, it's just going with the flow of the game. And I think my teammates, you know, put me in a great position for me to be open and for me to hit, knock down those shots. So I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah, so a uh, fifth win of Big West play for this uh, Hawaii team. Uh, that was a big win from even just a mathematics standpoint as you guys entered the week tied for eighth. Uh, now you find yourself a little bit closer to the middle of, of the standings, and so just doing the math puts you in a, a much more um, ideal position to, first off, make the Big West Conference Tournament, and also maybe even, if you guys can climb the ladder a bit, get into that top four and get uh, one of those first-round buys. Uh, do you feel like this team found anything last night do you feel like this team uh was able to take some steps in maybe solving some of the issues that have hurt you in previous games um i think you know with the guys being out is a big kind of you know kind of spark plug for us but i think you know i mean maybe changing up the lineup it, it made something new but 
you know, I've always had belief in this team, and you know, maybe we we didn't have the season that we wanted to have up until the up until this point. But you know, I believe in this team every step of the way, and um, I think now that we can see our full potential, you know, being the second second place team in the league in uh, UC San Diego last night, I, I I really feel like this is a turning point for us. Yeah, Cody. In the uh, post game green room uh, interview last night, Ryan Rapp was saying that despite you know the difficulties that you guys have experienced over some of the last handful of weeks, um, he feels like the chemistry has remained good on this team. And um, I thought that was an interesting, you, you know, thing to uh, put out there because that maybe would not have been the case, um, you know, with all teams dealing with the, the win-loss situation you guys have had, uh, injury situation you guys have had uh, with Moore and now uh, Javon. So um, just wanted your perspective on that and, and you know, do you agree with what Ryan said, and why do you think that's been the case? Oh, 100%. You know, I especially because, you know, last year we didn't get to, you know, I think a big part of it, we didn't get to go to Japan last year, you know. So we spent so much time with each other over the summer, even, the you know, the fall, you know, getting into the winter. We spent a lot more time than we would have if we didn't go to Japan. So I, I think just having that and, you know, everybody, this is basically a brand-new team, so – um, everybody meshes well together, everybody's level-headed, and I think we all just get along so well um, off the court, not even related to basketball. You know, we're all hanging out outside the court, and, you know, we don't even talk basketball. We're just hanging out. We're just being friends. So I think that's a big part of it as well. And then we step on the court, and then we show what we could do last night, and I think we can take it to another level. Uh, you hail from the state of Minnesota. Uh, you uh, prepped one year uh, as well at uh, South Kent School in Connecticut. Um, where did Hawaii uh, find itself on the radar for you? Um, you know, my my uh, coach at South Kent uh, Prep School, shout out to Coach Chilius. Um, but he, I actually applied to Hawaii as a regular student because I was like, maybe I could walk on here, you know. Hawaii, it's Hawaii. Who doesn't want to be in Hawaii? So, um, but yeah, he actually knew um, John Montgomery, our associate head coach, and then um, reached out to him. And then I started to talk to uh, Brad Davidson, and you know, got really comfortable with Brad. Started talking to him almost every day. You know, did the Zoom meeting, did the little the visit, and it just felt like family ever since. So um, I felt like this was the best option for me. Uh, you also started your own clothing line uh, when you were younger. Uh, I, I'd imagine uh, if that's still rolling here, uh, you might get a little bump in sales based on that game last night. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, call for everyone. <laughs> like last night, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I started, you know, from Minnesota. You know, we've dealt with, you know, tremendous um, criminal justice stuff, things, police mm-hmm. brutality and stuff like that. So. Um, that was kind of a dark time for me, and I wanted to, you know, kind of create some inspiration, not only for myself, but, you know, for the people around me or for the other kids that were around me at my same age. Like, um, you can do whatever you want. You can inspire you inspire to be whatever you want. You just got to push outside your comfort zone, and you just got to take that risk. So um, I think doing that and kind of um, playing basketball and doing that at the same time kind of gives me a, a good balance on and off the court. Yeah, well, uh, you did the basketball version of that for sure. You went out of your comfort zone, and uh, it paid off, and you sparked this team uh, and helped them get to what was a much-needed and important victory here at this stage of the season. So congrats on that, man. Uh, Good luck tomorrow against Davis, uh, but we appreciate you giving us some time. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. All right, take care.
Cody Williams, sophomore guard for the Rainbow Warrior basketball team. Yeah, interesting story, right? Um, you know, he started his own clothing line for everyone uh, is the name of it. And uh, yeah, he, he did it sort of as a way to counter some of what was happening uh, in that area of the country. And um, yeah, it just seems to be a really thoughtful dude. And Ryan Rapp said something else in the postgame press conference where he was just like really proud of Cody Williams, mm-hmm. I think was the phrasing that uh, Ryan Rapp said. He's just, I'm really proud of him. Uh, I think all of his teammates took notice that uh, that was a moment that he had last night. It was. And I mean, it was kind of poignant coming from Ryan Rapp, who, uh, as we spoke about earlier in the show, was in a not dissimilar situation from Cody Williams to start this season. Uh, you know, he was basically a bench guy all of last year. Some of that was injury related, but uh, started this situation Ryan Rapp did in a similar spot um, and kind of worked himself into the rotation and uh, has, hey, like you uh, mentioned earlier, double digits in the last three games. So well done by him. Let's get to some texts, shall we? 808-296-1420, the number. Text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Kanoa, BMAC, what are your thoughts on the UCSD coach? Says that I like that coach. The guy can coach uh, with not-so-athletic talent, lack of height in the post, how it gets them to execute with only guards and small forwards on the court. Had them adjust to mismatches, post up smaller guards, that kind of thing. Their top scorer hardly touched the ball. That's a credit to Coleman, this texter goes on to say, uh, and then ends it with, uh, can't fathom how... Uh, Ganat and Hawaii did not go after Tate Jones in the portal when the three spot was questionable uh, all season. You actually talked to a new one, Tate Jones after the game, right? Yes, I did. I'm working on a story on that should go up later this afternoon, but uh, he did mention uh, there wasn't uh, contact between himself and uh, the Manoa coaching staff hmm. after he, he put himself out there. So uh, he said everything happens for a reason. He found his way to San Diego, uh, UC San Diego, and it's certainly w- worked out well for him just going by last night. Yeah, um, that that is going to be looked at just because he was playing on another island in the state uh, and playing really well, right? Three-time first-team All-Pac-West selection. And so uh, you would imagine the way he plays, his style, sort of where he's from, even geographically from New Zealand, like he would fit into... I mean, his name means in Maori rainbow. Like he would fit <laughs> in so perfectly uh, with that program. And so, um, hey, look, you know, the coaches have a vision and, and uh, you know, who are we to sort of on the outside looking in uh question some of their blueprinting but at the same time it's like hard to overlook the fact that uh this guy was playing in the state of hawaii and now Mm -hmm. look at what he's doing he's dropping 24 on your team in big west play yeah no he drew 12 fouls in that game like got to the line so many times and i know he wants probably some of those free throws back that he uh (laughs) short armed but um you know credit credit to him he's he's had a great year Uh, i think back to the original uh texter's question about eric olin the uc san diego head coach yeah i think he's been doing a good job he's got him in contention even after that loss for a regular season title while they're still in their final year of transitioning to d1 and i'm really curious to see what kind of talent he can pull in once they are a full-fledged d1 he's probably almost all the way there telling guys hey just get through this year and we're competing for the whole deal starting uh, 24-25. And it's weird, like uh, I think Cody Williams touched on it. They, they are similar to UH in some respects in terms of their personnel, how they operate. Um, it, it probably is one of the better matchups, I think, yeah. just person-to-person, roster-to-roster that UH can deal with in the Big West. A lot of the other teams either have an athleticism advantage or just go about things differently. Uh, I think um, UH has had the better of these head-to-head matchups with the exception of the game at 
uh, Lion Tree Arena yeah, this year. Yeah, now seven so. and one all time against them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think there's a reason for it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Uh, that's that's absolutely right. And I think their presence previously in Division Two and Eric Olin's reputation within Division Two because they were a really good Division Two program perennially. Uh, I think that that has uh, really made him and this program attractive to some of those Division Two transfers. They have three of them. Two of them from the Pac West Conference, in fact. Uh, but they had three of them sometimes on the floor at the same time uh, in that game last night. And so uh, I, I think that there is a certain affinity both ways, right? He knows how good some of these D2 players can be uh, and, and you know how they can transition to the D1 game. And they, in turn, probably have a little bit more of a familiarity with this UCSD uh, program, certainly through some of the back channels uh, and conversations. And so a comfort zone, perhaps, uh, for both of those sides uh, in that recruiting game. Another texter, post-game press conference, Aron said something uh, telling. He said he has coached 21 years and hopes he can coach some more. Uh, I I think he knows this texter says that he's on the hot seat i remember craig angelus saying don't feel sorry for coaches they know what they are getting into he did make a comment about that uh sort of asking him as a relatively new athletics director at a new institution mm-hmm. uh you know how he goes about evaluating the coaches that are already there none of whom he has hired uh and so how he then judges them and whether or not uh he would be hesitant in a situation where he feels like there would uh, be a need for a change to make said change he says hey look you know if i feel like there's a need to make a change i'm going to do it uh and he says yeah you know um coaches uh, we are asking a lot of them uh to not only get uh, student athletes who can uh, do well in the classroom and and you know be strong members of the community uh and represent the program well and run a clean program but also you got to win some games and uh he says uh, hey look you know that's the deal that these coaches make when they get into this industry so it's not something that he feels sorry for them over and and uh, i think that led a lot of people to think that if and there's a lot still to be written about this season obviously Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he feels like there is a need for a change at any point regarding really any program, even though some coaches I would imagine are, are probably in a safer situation, uh, that he would uh, not hesitate to make said move. But again, it's way too early to sort of pass any kind of speculative judgment on uh, how he's viewing this Rainbow Warrior basketball season. I think Coach Gannat would be among the first to say that the body of work that UH basketball has put forth in the time that Craig Angelus has been here has not been their best sample let's say uh you know they're 13 and 11 now after last night's big win five and seven in the big west uh clearly they would envision themselves doing better than that and uh you know coach Gannat, he's i believe under contract through the 25-26 season so two seasons after this uh still you know uh, a lot left on the contract when you're talking about how much he is owed all right so that was the fifth win for hawaii and big west play last night and so uh We're going to use that number five because we have a pair of tickets to give away for Rainbow Warrior Basketball tomorrow night against UC Davis. Uh, Hawaii coming off of an overtime performance. Davis coming in, obviously, in the short turnaround. So it'll be interesting to see how potential fatigue plays a factor in this game. But it's going to be another tough matchup here for Hawaii going up against the top scorer in the conference in Elijah Pepper. Uh, But we have a pair of tickets to give away. If you are caller number five, Liz Stacy is working the phone line. Caller number five here during this commercial break gets the 
pair of tickets. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. Again, 808-296-1420, the number to call. Caller number five gets the tickets uh, for men's basketball against UC Davis tomorrow. Meanwhile, upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. All right, we'll take a break. Big thanks again to Cody Williams for joining us. Uh, We'll get to some more texts and maybe pick a few questions out of the old bucket when we come back. Uh, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy along with BMAC, Brian McKinnis of Spectrum News here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Uh, congratulations to Christopher in Eva Beach for being caller number five during the break and winning the pair of tickets to Rainbow Warrior Basketball tomorrow night against UC Davis. See if uh, Hawaii can uh, get a little streak going uh, here this week against two of the top teams uh, in the Big West. All right, we have a caller on the line, uh, Liz. It's uh, Miles is looking to get in. 808-296-1420, the number. What's up, Miles? Hi. Um, I'm a longtime fan, happy fan. Uh, we're hitting one too last night, too, but how Correct. is the man going to do? How are we? What number are we on the Big West tournament? Are we in the last place? Uh, no, no. So Hawaii, I believe, night. is now in sixth place by itself. Is that correct, BMAC, um, in the Big West standings? Uh, they're seventh. Seventh, seventh place by itself. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, they're, they're, in, they're in the mix. Top eight make it. Of course, UC San Diego oh. uh, still not uh, eligible. Uh, with well, that uh, okay. seventh overall, uh, but so tomorrow I will try to come. I will bring my Chinese dragon because Chinese New Year is tomorrow. Hey, there you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you have a dragon. I will bring some dragon and make some good luck. Yeah, yeah. Um, bring some prosperity, <laughs> some prosperity to Simplify <laughs> Arena at Stan Sheriff yeah. Center. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Appreciate it, Miles. All right, 808-296-1420, the number you can text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Yeah, that's sort of the, the quirky part of this when you're talking about the Big West standings mm-hmm. is because you sort of remove UCSD because Correct. they're still ineligible in their final year of the transition. So technically, Hawaii is the sixth seed at Correct. the moment, yes. uh, but they are seventh in the Big West standings. So that's not confusing. That's not no, going to mess people it, up at all. It, it threw me off uh, momentarily. I had to uh, <laughs> try to amend myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, UC Davis coming in. That's going to be uh, a tough one for sure. Let's get to a few more texters here. Uh, what happened to Matthew Cotton? Is he injured? This is an interesting one. This is a guy who uh, started, what, uh, the first 11 games or so of the season uh, and has now racked up four straight DNPs mm-hmm. here for Hawaii. Uh, we are under the, uh, uh, the the impression that he is not injured, uh, mm-hmm. that it is more a coach's decision here uh, to go with some of the other personnel. That That's interesting. I think they viewed Matthew Cotton coming in as being kind of that quintessential three and D guy right. uh, because of his athleticism uh, the the defensive end uh, perhaps uh, wasn't as locked down as they were envisioning and he wasn't necessarily shooting the ball as well as they also were envisioning uh, and and probably started to lose a little confidence you feel bad for the guy because you you see him mean, you've seen him be mad we've, we've seen him in practice we've seen him perform in some games where he has uh, been able to ball out and uh, he's talented he's a talented guy they just haven't been able to uh, uh, find uh, I think a way to extract some of that from him on a more consistent basis. Yeah, uh, he kind of dropped out of the lineup, or they dropped him out of the rotation uh, after he had about a five-game stretch of some pretty uh, rough shooting numbers. He was, I believe, two for 19 over a five-game stretch at that time. He is now three for 24 in his last nine appearances, and that's with a lot of DNPs scattered in between there. So 
31.5% shooting from the field for the season, 237 from the three-point line. So when you're talking about that kind of 3 and D role, that's not exactly uh, you know living up to that title. So yeah. it's it's been tough, I think, from the coach's viewpoint to uh, justify continuing allocating minutes to him when you got a guy like Ryan Rapp who – is improving seemingly by the game. Yeah, and I think even just some of the hustle points that Ryan Rapp is getting, like it's not always the prettiest thing, but he's got these sort of inspector gadget go-go arms, right, where he's able to get a lot of offensive boards, second chance opportunities for Hawaii, did so a bunch of times last night. And I think some of those hustle plays, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that Aran Ganat and this coaching staff, like they love, right? They live off of that. Uh, and so that's going to earn you more time. And uh, maybe they're feeling like they weren't able to get that on the, on the same kind of consistent basis from Matthew Cotton. But again, uh, I, I've seen him in action. I think a lot of us have. Uh, he's a talented dude, and it's just a, a bummer to see uh, him taking some of those hits in terms of his confidence yeah. uh, at this stage. But uh, again, still some time perhaps uh, for him to, uh, to turn a corner here. Uh, let's take a call. Glenn is on the line. He's got a question. Glenn, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, Kanoa? How's it? Hey, how's it? Um, I just had a, a thought, like, I know a couple of the guys that left the UH basketball team um, from last year's team. Um, I, I just I know it's like a moot point, but what do you think they would be doing if they had um, Beyond Riley and Amaro Lotto? And where do, do you know where they went after? Or what school they're at now? Yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, I think um, Amaro Lotto went to Lindenwood, and Beyond Riley went to Utah Tech. Uh, I believe, oh. and so and and they're getting some minutes. I think Beyond's actually playing some some good basketball. I think Justice Jackson, another guy that transferred out, went UT to Martin. UT Martin. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, they're playing well over there. I, I, Amaro Lotto was was another almost like Matthew Cotton esque yes, kind was. of of storyline or, or or career arc because like you saw him and he had all of the tools seemingly all of the necessary athleticism and game uh, but they just couldn't find a role for him and so you know that's going to conjure up questions of how much of that is on the guys themselves these players themselves how much of that is on the coaching staff um, you know not being able to extract that from these dudes uh, but yeah Amaro Lotto was a guy that was always a bit of a head scratcher because I always thought that he probably should be a greater contributor than what he was. Uh, but I do think the guy that they miss uh, a lot here is Beyond Riley. Uh, just because of his physicality, uh, he was a guy that uh, could guard multiple positions and he was just sort of broad, right? He was kind of thick uh, in terms of like his his midsection and his, his thighs. And so he was hard to move off the block even when defending bigger players. So do you agree with that, BMAC? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we've seen Hawaii get, even in this win last night, you know, a huge win for the Bows that we've been talking about. They gave up 52 paint points on the heels of 62 yeah. at UC Irvine, where they were, they were just repeatedly victimized in the paint. And, you know, one guy isn't going to solve all your issues, sure. but having him around as, you know, certainly a uh, space filler in the paint uh, definitely would have made a difference. I yeah. Thought. Hey, appreciate the call. Thanks. All right. Thanks, man. All, All right. right, you got it. Uh, texters, sneak one more in here. Uh, texter says, Super Bowl, Hawaii earthquake on the Big Island, L.A. earthquake. That was a 4.5. Small potatoes compared to what we experienced. Uh, and Vegas on Sunday, this texter says, CMC runs for 216. Oh, he's getting into party mode already. Uh, we are jealous. Uh, we want to uh, go with you to the game and experience it in Vegas. But uh, alas, we are back here uh, relegated to watching it uh, on uh, whatever TV or tablet is made available to us. Uh, all right, we're up against a commercial break, so uh, we'll go ahead and do that one. 
want to remind you, though, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Watch the NFL's big game with friends at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar. Uh, again, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center, home of the big video wall. All right, our best and worst is coming up when we come back. Welcome back. Texter says, uh, should all attendees of UH basketball games wear their seat numbers? Uh, I think last night a lot of them did. Uh, uh, it looked arguably like, yeah. they were. <laughs> Ouch, Texter. Um, 808-296-1420, uh, the number to call. It is our last segment, though. Time for our best and worst. Uh, how do you want to do it? You want to go worst first and end on a good note here for uh, the last show of the week? Let's end on a bad note. All right, that's that's BMAC style right there. We're going with our best. What's your best? Uh, my best is from the uh, State Girls Basketball Tournament. Uh, Lola Donez of Lahaina Luna uh, bringing her team into the state semifinals where they lost to Iolani last night, but not without a strong effort. 24 points from her. After she scored 41, I believe that's a tournament record, at least in the non-championship round, maybe overall, against um, – I'm spacing who they – they uh, they beat in the first round, but she scored 41 to get them into the semis. And, um, you know, Lahaina Luna, they've gone through it for their entire community, obviously, and all their sports programs, not just football, which was talked a lot about in the fall. So good on her for, um, you know, sticking with it. She's a Cal signee, bright future ahead of her. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And obviously, uh, Lahaina Luna all year long for every sport uh, is such an inspiring story. Uh, and I think that um, it is remarkable that they got there. But, you know, just running into an Ilani team that is going for five straight titles. And I'm not saying that boastfully. They are fortunate to have gotten past Campbell mm-hmm. in the quarterfinal round. Uh, was it Waikea, the team that uh, yes, Lahaina Luna that's correct. Uh, played where she uh, dropped? Yeah, what was it, 41, 41. points? And they scored 69 total for the game 16 for 22 shooting that's amazing uh all right my best is uh first off bmac who's gonna have to cover all of these sporting events <laughs> here this weekend uh but my other best is dan mcdermott on twitter uh he posted that his cousin bill just a guy named bill applied for the green bay packers defensive coordinator opening uh received a handwritten letter back from the president and ceo mark murphy uh and it read bill this is true by the way there's a photo evidence that was posted bill thanks so much for your cover letter and resume regarding our defensive coordinator position. While your fantasy football experience is impressive, I regret to inform you that we have decided to go in a different direction. I hear the Bears have an opening. You look to be perfect for them. Thanks again. Sincerely, Mark. Uh, that is an over-the-top uh, That is an over-the-top pro-wrestling somersault finish move right there by uh, the good old president and CEO of the Packers. Nicely done. That's the best. That was incredible. All right, worst. Uh, my worst. Uh... <laughs> Since we're on the NFL, um, we'll go the Comeback Player of the Award went to Joe Flacco, was it, uh, yes. as the recipient? Yeah. And not uh, the Buffalo Bills, expressing a little bias here, but uh, DeMar Hamlin, who was literally dead uh, for several minutes on the field, as we would all remember from last season, comes back and reclaims his roster spot this year and somehow does not win Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a rough one. If you come back from near death, I feel like that is that is I mean even if you just play a little bit right like you just play like you're back like it's just that storyline that's tough to overlook but uh, you know Joe Flacco um, is a, a big quarterback who threw a lot of 
of good passes. Yeah, so. we saw how that worked out on the postseason, too. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Browns got some love because my worst uh, is uh, the head coach for the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, won the NFL Coach of the Year. And you may be thinking, right, like, oh, I know where you're going with this, Kanoa. You Lions homer. Uh, looking at this thing through your Honolulu blue-colored lenses, you feel like Dan Campbell deserved the Coach of the Year honor. And I would not totally disagree with you, but... I think it should have gone to D'Amico Ryans. First-year head coach with the Houston Texans, rookie quarterback, uh, put together an incredible run. And some of the first-place votes, uh, basically he was tied in points with Stefanski, but Stefanski got one more first-place vote, I think, uh, which uh, basically put him over the top. And some of the first-place votes that went to some of the other coaches in the mix, like Shane Steichen and um, and Sean McVay, it's like, how does that even happen uh and that probably cost D'Amico Ryans uh the coach of the year honor Dan Cavill don't care he's at the blackjack table hitting on 18 right now (laughs) all right it's 20 hit me 21 hit me 30 now you have 30 Dan Campbell uh all right that was a fun one a fun week we all appreciate everybody for uh texting in and calling in uh big thanks again to Cody Williams for jumping on with us earlier as well uh BMAC have a good weekend uh enjoy the big game on Sunday folks we'll see you next week